0: Awesome. Hello, good morning, and happy Thursday, everyone. My name is Marley Gillies, and I am the Student Union Vice President External uh, here at the University of Calgary. So if you've listened in at this time before, you've heard my voice talking all about the work that I'm doing, either at the municipal level, the provincial level, or the federal level, or even here at the University of Calgary, and... uh, Lots has been happening. So before we start, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the traditional territories of the Treaty 7 region in southern Alberta, including the Blackfoot Confederacy that comprises of the Siksika, Pekani, and Kainai First Nations, as well as the Tsutsina First Nation and the Stony Nakoda, which includes the Bears Paw, and Wesley First Nations. The city of Calgary is also home to the Métis Nation of Alberta Region 3. So recently on uh, this show at this time, I've been interviewing um, mayoral candidates uh, for the upcoming municipal election. Back on July 29th, I had Zane Novak in studio with me. And just last week on August 5th, I had Jeff Davison here. If you missed those episodes, don't worry. You can go online at CGSW under the Students' Union Weekly tab and you'll be able to replay and listen to all of those episodes. It was great to have a chance to sit down with both of those candidates and talk about um, what's concerning them as a mayoral candidate. This week, I want to do something a little bit different. I have a guest in with me. She is a Ward 7 candidate. I have Erin Waite in with me. Thank you so much, Erin, for joining me.
1: Thank you for inviting me. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you could be here. Um, If you don't know the reason we are interviewing Ward 7 candidates is because the University of Calgary and sort of the surrounding area is all in Ward 7. So if you're a student or you know a student that's living on residence or anywhere near the university, there's a good chance that you're in Ward 7. So when you go uh, to vote on election day, you will see the Ward 7 candidates there on the ballot for you. So some of the communities in Ward Seven is the Banff Trail area, Capitol Hill, Chinatown, Crescent Heights, um the downtown core, downtown East Village, Eau Claire. It's a it's a really packed place, Erin. <laughs> it really is. Have you lived here for most of your life or thirty you... plus
1: years, raised oh. three kids here and so awesome. yeah, it's uh, it's very much home for me.
0: That's awesome. Really great to hear and uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself before you were Award 7 candidate. Yeah, I th-
1: this is really a third career change for me. Uh, the first two careers, uh, the first one was in corporate communications. Okay. Um, I had the privilege of learning about business and finance mm-hmm. with my English degree background. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have the academic background for it, but was taught by great business people in downtown Calgary. Loved that career until, until I hit a point where I needed to make more of a difference and have mm-hmm. more purpose. And so I switched to nonprofit and uh, ran an agency that provides disability services for the past ten years. Okay. And so, wow. uh, yeah, and I, I t- a ton of learning about uh, where the barriers are in our systems, about lived experience, and listening to people. And you know, if you want to support and help people, it's listening to them and their mm. experience, and not try to jump in and fix, which would be my natural tendency. <laughs> so that was. Amazing learning, just every single day, mm-hmm. and so I feel that those two uh skill bases are are good to take to city hall and will help yeah. city council as well. my uh hobbies have always been in the arts, and so okay. I've been on boards of directors for d j d and and uh very involved in the Calgary Film festival for years. That's awesome and years. yeah, and so that experience gave me a great background in governance and policy Definitely. and um so I feel like. That's a mix that uh, is needed at council.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's so true. And a great background, lots of uh, lots that you've done. That's very exciting. Was there any sort of, you know, pinpoint a moment where you decided? to run for City Council.
1: Yeah, it was kind of a slow boil in terms of getting more and more involved in how decisions are made for our city Mm -hmm. and where our city's going. I've kind of been an anti-nostalgia person for the last (laughs) few years. Maybe it's people my age that are so stuck in thinking about the 70s and 80s, and it's like, just stop. Let's move (laughs) forward. It's time to help this city move forward. Mm -hmm. We've got some great bones and need to just go forward and stop looking backward. And I feel like that energy is there in the city. We were fighting it for a while, and there were groups of people fighting it, and I feel like that's changed. I've also raised three kids who've left Calgary. And so two of the three kids don't have driver's licenses and probably never will. So I'm thinking, what's the city that they would choose to make their home? Mm. And that's the city I want Calgary to be.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough, for sure. And I feel like Ward 7 is such a p- good place to do that. There's, It's packed here. And uh, one of the things as a student leader that I'm looking at is there's a lot of post-secondary institutions in Ward 7. We've got the U of C, we've got the State Campus, AU Arts, and Bow Valley. So there's lots of students, there's lots of young people. It's a place that people come to learn. And, you know, so whether that's transit or opportunities or whatever it is, Ward 7 is kind of the grounds that students and others might be wanting to see that come from
1: absolutely and then on top of that you've got lots of seniors living in the area (laughs) so can you do intergenerational things that uh, work for all groups yeah my idea is that uh the more mixed a community is the more mixed a population the less it's all people that look like me and just a whole (laughs) bunch of different people it's it's not just a, a value or a preference I think that's a healthier community. Mm-hmm. I think Absolutely. you know, you we've learned the pitfalls of a single industry city. And so mm-hmm. when it has a downturn, the entire city feels it. Well, I feel the same in a community. When you have a whole mix of people, everybody's got different things going on at different stages of their <laughs> life. And I think the mix is actually part of the strength. Yeah. And then and then you get those groups to interrelate and then you've got something really special.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think there's Everything you talk about, and I'm so excited to get into it a little bit more. Um, One of the first topics I wanted to ask you about, though, and the most pressing thing for us as student leaders and for students and just for the post-secondary community in general is uh, the Vote Anywhere advanced voting stations. So as I'm sure you heard, Elections Calgary has chosen not to have the Vote Anywhere stations, which is a step backwards from the 2017 election. Um, And we saw students and you know the campus community use these polling stations to cast their vote um so not having them is so concerning um you know it's a confusing election there's a lot going on so we want to make sure students feel empowered to go and vote so this is something that um through the calgary student alliance we've raised and made sure that people are aware of this issue as a candidate where do you stand on the issue and what do you think we can do going forward to make sure that students still go and vote
1: it's frustrating to have a step backwards like yeah. that. And we're going to have a complicated ballot this time. Absolutely. Yeah. With lots more on it. <laughs> yes. So I worry people will get discouraged or they get uh, they get confused and they think voting for mayor is more important than any other position. Mm. And, and that isn't true in, in terms of how our council is Yeah. Them. So uh, even last election, there was a disproportionate vote for mayor. But then people voted mayor and walked out of the polling booth, <laughs> So that's not a good thing. And that might happen if we right. have longer lineups. We also won't have the voters list and so it'll take longer to actually check in. So the more you can do advanced voting, the more in advance you could vote anywhere. You just get people in and through. You encourage voting. I mean, how you could ever set it up so that there's any discouragement for voting is, is just such a
0: disappointment yeah so as a candidate what can be done how can you know you speak out on this issue and make sure Elections Calgary knows that this is not a decision that we stand by and we want it to be changed in time for the October date
1: yeah, I, unfortunately, they have a huge lead time in their preparation, which is really unfortunate. So mm-hmm. when they make these decisions, uh, it will take a lot of pressure to be able to change it because, because they, they run into a logistical issue to be mm-hmm. able to reverse those decisions. Uh, so I think we also need to advocate if even if that decision isn't reversed, we need to continue to advocate to ensure voting processes are as simple yeah.
0: forevermore. I agree, and and how as a candidate do you think you can do that?
1: Part of it's, um, you know, we're all uh, all of the candidates, and there's way more of them, right? There's more races. Yes, going on. it's more busy. <laughs> and I think every candidate can lend their voice to it and can educate at the doors in terms. It just add a little bit of civics 101 to Mm. the conversation at the door. So get over promoting themselves so much and actually promote the idea of democracy and voting and the importance of participation. Yeah. And I
0: think that's absolutely, absolutely what their, their job is to do is to administer this election and make sure that as many people can actually go and vote. And I know Elections Calgary is doing lots of great things, but it's, Facilitating the people that were already planning on voting. And as a student right. leader, I'm looking at the students where this is their first election that they right. could vote in and they're going to be handed seven ballots and it's going to be a very daunting experience. So as a student leader, you know, we're continuing to advocate the Calgary Student Alliance just put out a petition yesterday um, for students to, you know, first of all, know that this is happening um, and that they should care. And so we're seeing a growing number of students and also faculty take up this issue. And I think one of the things that students and people in the area that would go to vote would look at a candidate that is you know, advocating for this right. and that would really stand out for them to know that not only the people who are already elected, um, like the Drew Farrells of the group that are speaking out on this, but that the candidates are too so that Absolutely. it's not just you know, the ones that are already elected but the ones that are going to be elected and sort of this whole movement pushing Elections Calgary to really do the right thing.
1: Absolutely and, and I lend my voice to that and I also have a very solid track record in advocacy mm-hmm. and taking on tough positions and sometimes lonely positions. I'm not afraid to do that.
0: That's really good to hear. Um, it's something that we want to raise awareness for and uh, glad to hear that you're on board because it's not something that uh, we want to just, you know, die off and right. just quiet down. We want to make more noise about it as we lead up to October because it's coming up really quick. It yeah, for sure it is. Yeah, and so students are going to come to campus in September and we want this to be a part of the campus conversation, really. So as a candidate, I think that's something that, students specifically will be looking for for sure for sure yeah yeah so I guess, thanks for your insight on that. Um, it's such a huge, important uh, issue for students right now, and it might seem like I'm talking nonstop about it, but <laughs> I really do care. So it's uh, it's the hill I'm we're choosing are, to die on. <laughs> absolutely. I'm glad
1: you are. Participations.
0: So important. one of the other imp- really important things for students, of course, is transit um, and the U-Pass program or otherwise, but of course the Green Line um, most prominently, I guess, is, um, And, you know, I had a chance to check out your website to see that, you know, you're in support of the Green Line. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that and tell us, you know, your specific position on the project.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Bottom line is we made that decision in 1981 when we started a (laughs) C-train system. There's no point having a system that doesn't actually connect with Mm -hmm. a whole network through the city. So once you start... You have to keep going. The Green Line is a big, expensive project. That's a bit scary. But if we wait, it just gets more expensive. So let's get after it, get it done. It's really unfortunate that it's um, even been compromised at all and and is less of a line in its first stage. So Mm -hmm. I'm absolutely on side. The sooner we get it done, the better. It's still a ways off, and we still, there's lots of smaller things within transit we can do too. I love the idea of a hop on, hop off bus that does all the uh, neighborhoods. That surround downtown as okay. a little connector because, um, you know, if you're in Kensington or the Hillhurst or Kensington area and you want to go to Inglewood, it's very close and yet shockingly awkward to get there. It's a it's a you know not that great a distance, but not all that convenient. So if you want to encourage uh, people to use transit and to walk and bike more, then a little hop-on hop-off bus um, that's often in large cities as a tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, attribute would be really nice to have. And so, what are the smaller connector things we can do in the okay. meantime? Specifically for students, uh, I absolutely agree with a flexible pass that's inexpensive. Uh, it's really a shame through the pandemic they didn't extend the youth uh, mm-hmm. price structure to students. Yeah. That should have been done. Um, but then, also, as we, you know, in September, I'm hoping service is full as yeah. well because students need the campus all day and yeah. all evening. And so it can't be geared just to nine to five or compromise. We need a really fulsome Mm -hmm. transit service uh, to support our post-secondary throughout the ward.
0: Yeah, I think you hit on some really key points that exactly what students are looking for. I think there's sort of this perception that students just use transit to get to campus and back, but, you know, they're using it to get to their jobs, to get to the grocery store, to go out with their friends. So it's something that, you know, we're looking for to be active, participate in the city. And I think. That's so key. Um, And something as student leaders with the Calgary Student Alliance we've advocated for is consultation with Calgary Transit directly. Um, It seems sort of ridiculous to me to have a program that's for students but never talk to students about it. So this past year was actually the first time us as student leaders got to sit down with Calgary Transit. So I think having students be a part of the conversation and be at the table where those decisions are being made especially when they're about them is is really key so that's something that we're looking for and the things that you talk about really fall in line with that
1: i i really see things um and i've been in big systems before that's my work experience okay it's that thread that pulls through yeah we're talking about wanting young people to stay in our city and then we're not offering good transit yeah we've got to connect these things that thread has to pull through mm-hmm. um and on council we have to advocate for a solid post secondary and varied program so it's it's just painful to watch any cuts at university i you know those messages aren't matching up and so yeah. i think as counselors we have to draw that through line to ensure what we're talking about as important and the values that all our programs and services support those very things we're talking about.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, and speaking of that line, I really appreciate having the chance to sit down with you because as a University of Calgary student, but as, you know, the vice president external with the Students' Union, My relationship with, you know, the Ward 7 candidate has been so valuable in this position. It's been my first line of contact whenever there's an issue. Even if it's a provincial issue, having that, you know, municipal perspective or being able to talk to the person that is representing us on City Council is so valuable. And I guess, you know, not necessarily an explicit question, but what's your relationship like, you know, with students or or with student leaders and how, if you get this position, does our relationship mean in terms of your representation on council
1: well it would be silly to 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 not take that position when you think of how many people that involves right Mm. this is a this is its own community itself really it's its its own city within a city and so absolutely crucial to stay engaged listen to people we're hearing a lot about listening but then it's how you're I see the role really on two levels. I'm talking to individuals on the ground, and you have the expertise of what's going on on campus mm-hmm. and how campus fits in the city and what's working and not. Right. You'll know that better than I ever will, <laughs> even if I'm popping in and visiting once in a while. And same with everyone in each of their neighbourhoods. They'll know their immediate issues so much because they're there 24 hours a day, and I I have to listen to that. Then when I get to council, I, you're making decisions as a whole city. Yeah. And you're bridging to other levels of government often on many issues. And so it's those multi-levels that happen all at the same time. You mm-hmm. can't afford to think about one and not the other. Mm-hmm. And and you see that mistake among politicians. And so it's complex and it's holding that complexity and synthesizing all of that together that is the role. And that's why I like the fact that I've got those different careers and experiences that that I'm synthesizing, I feel like that's analogous to what this role is and that it'll support this role. I've thought long and hard about can I do that well, and I, I feel... I feel I can work on those different levels and listen to individuals like the student population well and then bring that forward and and ensure values are supported with programs that match.
0: That's good to hear for sure and you know if elected you'll be representing a lot of institutions and a lot of students so I guess what's sort of your commitment going forward as a city councillor to make sure you're always in tune with that perspective?
1: It, it, it is that listening. It yeah. is the fact that I've lived okay. here 30 years. Mm. It is that, you know, uh, um, in my family, like among my kids and, and mm. You know, we had that open door where they, well, I shouldn't actually say that, should I publicly, that we didn't lock our doors so that students <laughs> could come hang out if they had a, Aww. you know, because we were handy to the school. And so right. um, it's keeping those networks of people in your life. Um, I love the relationship with that I learned through the disability community and that I have that connection. Mm. Uh, a whole um, population and group of people that I didn't know before I worked in the field. And so... Uh, I'll learn, you know uh, i hope to continue talking and hearing that lived experience to bring that forward so it's it's through that whole all those careers and personal relationships that you want to pull forward and learn from and yeah. uh, and it's tricky because uh, you know it, you pick a topic and there's some people on one side and some on the other so it's <laughs> not sure. like you're getting yeah. to consensus every mm-hmm. time that's not the job mm-hmm. either it's it's um, pulling all that input and then figuring out what makes the most sense, what you can prioritize. Yeah. you know, there's a lot to it. You're not pleasing everybody, and and you have to understand that as well.
0: Yeah, no, and I, I it's interesting. It's kind of a theme that's come up in these interviews: is where do you draw that line, and how do you make sure you're, do, you're you know representing who you can to the best of your ability and ward seven is just so dense and so different right. so it's uh it's a difficult task to do so i admire you for taking it on and to committing to you know listening and i think Thank that's you. just so key for us as student leaders too is just to have that person to go to um, I, I
1: thought long and hard because i wanted to ensure i had something to truly add and yeah. that i would do something responsibly and um, authentically, and I, I had to think long and hard that I really had the energy to put into it and carry that out properly. Yeah. And so, so I, I did that thinking before I even stepped in.
0: Yeah, no, and I can tell it's all it's all been thought out, and I'd love to know more because I. I was looking on your website and there was a lot about you know investment in Ward 7 and making sure that you know we're focusing on that development in such a really crucial area in the city so what specifically do you plan on doing or do you think you can do to keep investment in Ward 7 and to make sure that inner city area stays really vibrant?
1: One of the things that's a bit of a hot button issue is talking about development And what I worry about in established neighborhoods is pricing out young families and people coming out of university and being able to start up and stay inner city and near downtown where they likely want to live. And so I'd love to add a mechanism in any multi home uh, development where a portion is pegged below market price so that you keep some affordability and again that mix of people uh, that are able to live in the ward so th- okay. that's something to really watch with our state you know that gentrification issue I want to mix so that that a that as broad a range of people can afford to live and stay and make Ward 7 their home so that's a big one for me okay um, yeah. that's a real challenge mm-hmm. and and we're quickly losing that unless we unless we jump in and deal with that
0: yeah no for sure and I think students have a really unique place in that because you know they're looking for unique housing different needs students sure. with families or students that are on their own and just want temporary affordable housing so that Ward 7 is such a really important place for that I think absolutely yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and it's great to hear you know about your plans. Anything more specific that you wanted to add in terms of what people in Ward 7 might be able to look forward to or anticipate in terms of how their areas, their communities, or even just at a broader sense that Ward 7 can develop and improve?
1: Yeah, I th- there's lots. I think there's some issues around community consultation. I think that needs refinement. People aren't feeling listened to. But I th- there's lots of good steps there. We just need to improve that. It's not a quantity of consultation. Mm. It's a quality of consultation. So there's some fixing there. Uh, and I'm hearing that in all parts of the ward. Um, I also think we're going to head into a period here, uh, COVID recovery and economic recovery, where budgets will be tight at all three levels of government. For sure. So what absolutely. are the small, high-impact projects we can do that connect our communities? I look at the downtown strategy, which is an awesome start, but it was really developed before COVID. COVID and coming Mm -hmm. out of COVID, some of the patterns might be different. So I think there's ways we can take that a lot further. And luckily there's a whole bunch of people really keen about that. So I don't think that'll even be a tough fight, but I'm really keen to jump into that. (laughs) I'd love to work with the arts, like the festivals and the arts communities. We've already got the Glenbow and arts commons with major investments. How do we then complement those big projects with those smaller on the ground, active uh, projects that that make the downtown interesting sure. throughout, and not just in the east half of downtown, but through to the west as well. And so, I think I think it's going to be those smart, small projects that punch above their weight
2: mm.
1: for the next number of years, while we're in a bit of a transition and recovery mode. Yeah. And I think that's where we can make a difference, and just be be careful and smart with investment and do interesting things that. Uh, that make everyone you know people who live in Ward 7 love Ward 7 and so yeah. we'll just we'll build on that and make, and just keep that up.
0: No for sure and I think you touched on uh, I think the smart projects or smart small projects or something like that where you know they're really beneficial and I think one of the ones that might fall into that category that students are looking for is uh, the McMahon Stadium and Foothill Athletics Park area. That's something that you know is used so much by students University of Calgary or otherwise so anything in that category that you think you know could be looked forward to in terms of getting us off the ground in terms of these small smart projects
1: yeah and that is that would be a, a bit of a major project but some of the things on the list for that project are things that were cited uh, you know, they were they were listed as the top priority for the city before the Olympics mm-hmm. in '88. That's yeah. how long we've been waiting for some of those things. So, absolutely top priority. But then it's making sure it, it goes well in terms of being built well and 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 works well with the neighboring communities. Yeah. And so, some of that is where the community consultation has to be done well because you don't want people fighting it because it'll slow it down. Mm-hmm. So, how do you work well with people and ensure it's a project that fits? And then, and then accomplishes its its prime goal of adding those those facilities that we need.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's all very exciting, and I know students will be happy to hear that, and others who live in Ward Seven 2 that might be listening, and will be voting in this area. It's a uh It's a big one. (laughs) It's a big one, and lots
1: goes on in this wards, but that's exciting because it's it's interesting. I always joke that I've lived here long enough that Kensington was all futon shops when I first (laughs) moved here. It's probably coming back. It'll probably be futon shops again. (laughs) They'll they'll get a resurgence. So change is good. It excites me, and uh, it's hard. Change can be hard, and and sometimes the first reaction is not to like something that's changing. Right. And then a year later, you realize it feels like it's always been there. So change is hard on people, and you have to have that leadership to take people along, listen to people through change, and and really ensure change is working and and, working working for the big voices and the, mm. and the noisy voices as well as the quiet voices. And so that's, I think, the challenge of the role.
0: Fair enough, yeah. And I think you might have answered my last question here, but uh, one of the questions I always ask the mayoral candidates, because, you know, it's like a 22-candidate race, I think, last I counted. But, you know, with such a busy ballot, what makes you stand out as a candidate?
1: I really think it's the two things of the 30 plus years of living in the ward. So I know the ward that well, and it really has been my home that long and raising my kids there. So I know mm-hmm. it intimately. And the second thing is the combination of expertise from corporate for to sure. social services. And so I think it gives me both a financial sensibility, but also I know where the barriers are and, and how our city doesn't work for lots of people. And so between those two, those three things, I think I have something that, uh, that, that offers City Council, um, uh, you know, a way to work even better and get more done.
0: Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that with us today. I know the students listening um, or, if, you know, they know a student listening that they'll be eager to vote. In Ward 7, um, make their voice heard and have a candidate that, you know, is looking out for the best interests of students and the post-secondary community and that's really key. So, thank you for sharing all of your insight with me today, this, this morning, but uh, anything you wanted to part with?
1: No, thank you. I, I just would emphasize that, that importance of voting and Absolutely. I definitely will be speaking out on that issue and voting for councillor, not just mayor. Mm-hmm. The councillor has a, a vote on council yes. issues as does the mayor, a single And so who all those councillors are, whether you live in Ward 7 or any other ward, paying attention to who our councillors end up being along with the mayor is very important. So uh, it's a critical time for the city and I hope we get a nice, you know, good working group that uh, works well together and helps move our city through this this really critical time.
0: I very much agree. So thank you so much, Aaron, again, for being on the show this morning. And uh, I'll take a quick music break and I have another candidate joining me afterwards. So stay tuned. Thank you so much again, Aaron, for being here. Thank uh, you. Yeah, we'll talk soon. I try welcome back. If you're just tuning in, my name is Marley. I'm the Vice President External here at the University of Calgary Students' Union. Um, and I have an advocacy radio show every Thursday at 11. Recently, I've been doing something very exciting and interviewing mayoral candidates. But today, I wanted to shake it up a little bit and bring two Ward 7 candidates on. So earlier, I had Aaron Waite with me. If you missed that, you can go on to cgsw.com and listen to the beginning of that episode. But thank you for joining us now because I have a very exciting guest and it's her birthday today. So very happy birthday, Heather. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks so much, Marley. I'm just delighted to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Yes, I am so excited that you're here and to get to know you a little bit. As a student leader at the University of Calgary, the relationship with the Ward 7 candidate is just so crucial. Um, And so, you know... If your election successful, I look forward to working with you. But having the chance to meet you and talk to you now is uh, very exciting. So thank you for being here. Yeah, awesome. My pleasure. Yeah, so a little bit about Ward 7. If you're a student that lives near the University of Calgary or somewhere around it, you're likely in Ward 7. So I would definitely go onto the City of Calgary website, put in your address, and figure that out. Um, some of the communities are Banff Trail, Capitol Hill, Chinatown, Crescent Heights. The downtown core, downtown East Village, Mount Pleasant, it's really a busy place. Yeah, Montgomery, yep. uh, Capitol Hill, which I think you said, all of downtown
3: comes into Ward 7 in this next election, yeah. which is a tremendous responsibility for Absolutely. a sitting councillor. There is a lot of work that needs to happen in our downtown core.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, it's exciting, and it's it's a big ward, but it's uh, so dense, and there's a lot of students. You've got the University of Calgary campus, the state campus, AU Arts, and Bow Valley College. So a lot of students. It's a it's a big one for sure. Yeah, the, I
3: do understand from the state students that there is that their students' our body is more evenly distributed it is, throughout yeah. the city, which is super interesting as well. Which makes things like transit all the more important <laughs> for to get them back and forth. To exactly
0: their and Of course, one of the things that I want to talk to you about because it's so important to students. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up as a Ward 7 candidate. All right. Well, you know what?
3: It was. Last spring during the okay. first COVID shutdown that a group of us started gathering at the dog park in West Hillhurst which oh, nice. is where I live and we became known as the 8am group and the <laughs> wonderful thing about dog parks is y'all show up in your sweatpants nobody's too worried about image or what you do for a living you're just genuinely interested in each other and walking your dogs and as the lockdown uh, kind of dragged on and we got to know each other better I've got 10 years of experience working in political campaigns at the municipal, provincial and federal level. And I always know somebody that somebody's talking about. I've got kind (laughs) of a connection. So I've got really good tentacles into the community Nice. and people finally started looking at me and saying, why aren't you running for something? Mm. And so that's really where the issue took root. I spent last summer talking to all sorts of people in the community, either business leaders, community leaders people who I know through political campaigns, who I respect and who I respected to to say to me, you know what, Heather, I don't really think that you're well suited to the job. And mm-hmm. that was not the feedback I got. Instead, people were very encouraging. So it was with that encouragement that I launched my campaign last October. I was the first candidate out. Oh, I knew so. that I needed lots of time to get mm-hmm. into the communities, talk to residents and hear what the issues are in the communities. And of course, covid played with us a bit around that so we were very creative uh about getting into communities i would go for ward walks with a resident through their community talk about what was happening what worked what doesn't work what their hopes were for the community and it gave me a really intimate opportunity to get to know uh residents really well
0: for sure yeah and uh Sort of that background that you talked about is is nice to have those connections before making a decision like that. But uh, and starting early, I think, is the key as well. And it's such a busy race; it's such a busy election. So there's a lot of noise, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be sort of interesting to see how the candidates stand out or, or make their own of it. Yeah, yeah
3: indeed. It, uh you know, launching early was another methodology for ensuring that I was able to distinguish myself from the pack. Mm. So uh I was I was gonna run no matter what happened in Ward seven. I figured that there was gonna be a change that was going to happen in the ward and so I was prepared to take a gamble on that and and jump into
0: the race. For sure. No, that's really great to hear and Like I said, it's so important that, you know, we have the chance to sit down and talk about what matters most to students. There's a lot of students in Ward 7, and, you know, if elected, we'll be looking to you to make sure that our voices are heard at City Council on issues that matter most to students. And there's a lot of them, and one of the most prominent ones right now is the Vote Anywhere advanced polling stations. So I'm sure you heard that Elections Calgary has made the decision to not have the Vote Anywhere polling stations available on post-secondary campuses which is a huge step backwards from 2017 and the last municipal election. So we're really concerned about the student voice in the election in general and making sure students still feel empowered to actually go and vote. So as a candidate, you know where do you stand on the issue and how does it make you feel to be able to see these students who won't have that easy access to a voting station come election day
3: yeah hundred percent it's a tragic decision that yeah. that the city has taken and one that i am not supportive of mm-hmm. i i don't think that making it more difficult to vote serves anyone it no. Doesn't serve students. It doesn't serve other Calgarians. Mm-hmm. So it's a really it's a big disappointment this year. And we're going to do our very best to do the outreach that needs to be done to ensure people know how to vote. I have a couple of student representatives, not from University of Calgary, although you'd be welcome, <laughs> uh, but from Sate. Uh, sitting okay. on my campaign, they're Thanks. sitting around the table, and they are helping to inform the discussions at the table and how we do the outreach. And so it, we're keenly aware that that this is not a good turn for young people in our city,
0: yeah, and and that's really good to hear. I think, as students, we're looking to our candidates too and to the, candidates that are already elected or the counselors, sorry, that are already elected as to, you know, what to do. Um, how do we empower young students to vote? For many, this will be their first election um, and it'll be their first time joining us on campus because of COVID. So we want it to still be a part of the campus conversation, but not having that actual place to vote makes it a lot more difficult. So I guess, you know, as a candidate, what specifically do you plan to do to engage with students and encourage them to vote leading up to October?
3: Well, we're doing as much outreach as we can. Certainly, uh, doing shows like this is an important part of it. For sure, uh, attending a, a debates on uh, on campuses will be a, certainly an important part of it. But I think the most effective way is for us to have students doing student outreach. Mm-hmm. So we've been really proactive, bringing student leaders onto the campaign. I had. Uh, four young students from State outdoor knocking with me in Montgomery last week and we went for uh, ice cream to Abby's Creations, <laughs> supporting the local businesses afterwards and it was just a great night. The big mythology around door knocking is, is it's actually more fun the more people you have. <laughs> so uh, because we could go out in a larger group, you cover more ground, you get a sign and everyone's cheering. So it's I think getting people involved in the campaign is, is the first step and once we get that engagement, then we can start doing more and more outreach it's kind of a bit of a a pyramid scheme if Mm -hmm. you will you you have to get people that are closest to the campaign to start doing the outreach to people that they know Uh, the further away that you get from the center of the target the harder it is to deliver that message but i am very available and very happy to meet with any student groups that approach me
0: so that that's really great to hear and i think that's something that could be really effective i think as student leaders the vote anywhere booth actually makes it reasonable for students who wouldn't otherwise vote actually go and do it so we're looking at you know the people who you know weren't planning on voting but would have it would see it there would go with their friends after class to vote so what is you know what can we do or what can you do as a candidate seeing elections calgary making this decision having enough time to potentially reverse it i know the calgary students alliance um we have a petition going to get students aware of the issue to get the community aware of the issue and to take you know a stand against the decision that elections calgary has made what do you think you know realistically can we do going forward now to try and reverse this decision so that students can go and vote on their campus where they know yeah well i mean honestly the fact that you can't vote on your phone is probably Mm. the biggest problem.
3: (laughs) How can we live in this world full of technology? And we haven't figured that one out yet. Um, I mean, I'm happy to stand behind uh, petitions. Uh, Unfortunately, I see, I don't don't feel very optimistic Mm. about changing it at this point. We are going to see a federal election that's going to be announced probably this Friday. I think that we are so close now to September. We're Chomping at the bit, waiting for elections, Calgary just to post where you can vote. Period, <laughs> so that we can start communicating that sure. to people that are asking us. So, uh, you know, I don't want to be a, a, a downer on that message, and I and I wish that we could have influenced some change sooner. To be quite honest, no,
0: and that's that's fair enough. I think. What matters now is what we do to make sure that students yeah. feel empowered to go and vote. Um, even on such a confusing and big ballot, there's going to be seven. You know that students are going to be handed and have to figure out what to do with. So it's a yeah. uh, it's a confusing time, and there's lots of candidates. But uh, having conversations like this, like you said, is is really valuable.
3: Yeah, and I think that you know there are a lot of candidates in all of the in all of the wards that are trying to get not be successful for those particular seats but I think that you do see that get pared down when you're paying attention you see who's active certainly if you're checking the social channels you'll see who's active definitely and Mm -hmm. if you're not active on social you're not likely as active behind the scenes as you need to be. Social is not the definer. I'm not suggesting that for a minute, mm. but it certainly is an indicator of somebody's level of engagement.
0: For sure. And I think that's where students are, is, is on yeah. social media. So that's that's great to hear. And I think it's such a huge engagement piece. And even as a student leader, it's something that, you know, we're navigating. How do we get the message out and make sure it's one that students, you know, are receptive of? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. One of the other really big issues for students or things that matter, I guess, is transit. Um, And I had a chance to check out your website before to see that, you know, you're supportive of the Green Line project. I wanted to know if you could talk a little bit more about that specifically and, you know, your thoughts on the projects and what it means to the city, but also to students.
3: Yeah, well... First of all, I'm so grateful that we have finally gotten the green light on on the green line, um, but I don't think that that's enough. I actually think that we see, need to see a bigger investment in transit that allows us to increase frequency of transit service because we know frequency of service, which includes bus service, is the biggest thing that drives ridership. Mm-hmm. So after a year of COVID, when we have seen ridership go down, my biggest fear is that in the next Uh, budget cycle, we're going to be told that we need to cut uh, frequency of transit service. And Mm -hmm. there is no way that I want to allow that to happen. If anything, I want to see a bigger investment. At a time that we've just seen the UN climate report come out and tell us that we have got to to find some action getting vehicles off the roads, Mm transit service is one of the things that we have to turn to. So yeah. a bigger investment in transit service is I'm all over.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what students are looking for. Um, you know, they're using transit to get to campus, but also to get to their jobs, to get to the grocery store, to go um be active citizens in Calgary and so I think that frequency is is really key because it's not just, you know, a 9 to 5 kind of thing. Students are, are going everywhere all of the time and not having the U pass or that available access to transit during the pandemic um, definitely was hard on students to not be able to get the place get to the places that they needed to go um, so having that come back now and to be able to you know move around the city more freely and to be able to look forward to projects like the green line i think is very exciting for students and it's something that you know makes calgary an attractive place to come and study but also to stay afterwards as well
3: yeah i think that the expectation of, of young people is that you have a robust transit system Mm-hmm. And I think that we've made some great strides in Calgary. I love that you can take your bus uh, or sorry, that you can ride your bike to the transit station and you yeah. can take your bike on to transit. But you can't take it during rush hour, which mm-hmm. is a bit of a downer, too, because that's when most people need to be commuting. So what do we have to do to figure that out? Um, my daughter uh, lost her license for a year because she had a medical episode. And so she relied on riding her bike, taking transit and walking. And she came out of it saying that it taught her that she can get around without a car, which Mm. was amazing. Amazing lesson to learn. So, you know, I think that that's where we want to have more Calgarians headed and we'll only accomplish that when we are providing a more robust transit system.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and the way that students are able to access that is through the UPASS program and yeah. being able to um, have that a part of their fees to use transit as freely as they need to. Um, so one of the things as student leaders that we've seen with the U-passes, we've never actually been consulted with, um, with Calgary Transit directly. Oh, you're kidding me. No, this was the first year um, that we've had a chance to speak with Calgary Transit directly. And so having a program that's available for students and not actually talking to students about it seemed kind of ridiculous. So I think that is just an example right there, too, is having students at the table, a part of the discussions that they need and deserve to be a part of, because you know, it's something that directly affects us. And so making sure that those kinds of programs, like the UPASS specifically, benefit students the way that they need it to is something that seems so obvious to me and something that as a student leader we've worked towards this year. So it's that kind of like... Commitment, I guess, from you know, not only the city councillors but for the other actors in the city, that's so important.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get this the story that you're telling is very similar to the story of what happened with the development of the greater downtown plan, mm. where they brought together all of these stakeholders, they have come up with what is a wonderful plan to bring more vitality to our downtown. But they didn't consult with the residents in downtown, mm. <laughs> and there are residents in the west end of downtown that are advocating for community gardens. So very yeah. similar to what you're telling me here about the transit, the U Pass, is that you we need to engage with the end user group to understand. The benefits, how to make it more effective, and how to ensure that it it's working for you. Uh, I really like the idea of having a student youth group that I can consult with regularly as a sitting counselor. It's something that we saw George Shahal do mm-hmm. really well, and I think that it's a really effective way to gain leadership from or gain input from student leaders yeah. that is really impactful and meaningful for the population.
0: Yeah, well, and it's really great to hear you say that because as I'm Chair of the Calgary Student Alliance, which is um, the Alliance made is made up of two representative student leaders from each major post-secondary institution. Um, So we're sort of taking a collective approach to representing students in the city and raising awareness on, you know, Vote Anywhere or on the U-Pass and those kinds of things that we can unite on. And that's exactly what we're looking for is consultation, conversations with the people that are elected to represent us. And I think that's just so key for students. So, like, way too often are we left out of the conversation, not, you know, invited to the table where those decisions Are being made um, that directly affect students
3: yeah honestly I think that we it has taken us decades to understand that we're building a city not for today not for tomorrow but for the generations to come and so by including you in the conversation it's it it helps to shape what tomorrow looks like and there are I think that the voices are getting louder there the voices are more informed they're more worldly because young people are traveling more than they Mm. ever have Mm -hmm. you're seeing a world out there and all of the potential that's in it and you want to bring that back to this amazing place that we called calgary and it is an amazing place and so how do we bring it up to the level of those other cities i think is is the opportunity that we have ahead of us
0: for sure and i know i'm all about students um but that being said there's you know there's a lot of other people to consult with and I know that on your website um, you mentioned that any sort of response to you or outreach to you or your office will be responded to in two business days Mm -hmm. which I think that is so admirable do you think that's you know a reasonable quest given that there's going to be you know a huge volume of people that want to get to you and get to your office in Ward 7 there's a lot of actors there's a lot of different stakeholders that are going to want to get your ear. Um, so is that something that you know, you're know you committed to and think is reasonable going forward?
3: Yeah, absolutely I do. Yeah. Here's the thing, that counselors have a staff and you make choices as to what you do with that staff. And I can promise you that the first year is going to be all about ensuring that we're communicating efficiently and effectively with Ward 7 residents because it's a piece of f- feedback that I've received loud and clear from residents that they don't feel like they've had that. So mm-hmm. that's going to be our first priority. There's lots of speculation about what a big change of of councillors this year will mean for council. A big part of my platform is increasing the frequency, the quality of the communication, and it's a really low bar, I think, to reach Mm. in order to do that. So I think it's completely reasonable. And if people reach out to me now during the campaign, it's absolutely my priority to ensure that i'm getting back to them as promptly as
0: i can no that, and that's great to hear and i know there's going to be a full inbox um, yes, but when i get <laughs> home now bring it on <laughs> yeah the students are going to be uh and those listening are going to be eager to to get to you but um i think it's yeah i think that's an amazing sort of feat and something that i i look forward to you know Chatting with you on going forward as to how we can have an open line of communication as Absolutely. the student leader or the vice president external for the university of calgary students union our relationship with our ward seven city Councilor is so important every student issue so often needs sort of that municipal perspective or that support from our ward seven or counselor or you know things that you can represent us on at city council and i think going forward that relationship is so important to us and uh yeah we'll look forward to you know if successful to continue to have these conversations and make sure that you know we're in touch and uh that student voice is always considered
3: yeah absolutely and and you know A voice at council, but also an advocate with the province, Mm -hmm. I think, as well. So a big part of the campaign is also uh, running a really respectful campaign. So we are not going out negative on any of the social channels. Mm -hmm. It's really important to me that I can walk into a room and look somebody in the eye and with integrity uh, have a conversation with them that I think is meaningful and and helps to steer the city in the right direction and i don't think that you can accomplish that when you've shredded somebody on on social media so um you know somebody pointed out to me the other day that um they felt like maybe i wasn't being critical enough of the provincial government and honestly i just don't think that at the end of the day that will serve me well in the capacity of serving the residents
0: Mm -hmm. no for sure and i think that's great to hear and uh will will definitely be considered because so much of what happens in post-secondary is as a result of provincial government decisions. But uh, having that municipal support or that municipal perspective is, is really, really important. So I appreciate you mentioning that and bringing that into the conversation. One of the other things I wanted to ask you about is sort of development and investment in Ward 7 specifically in downtown and sort of what your thoughts and your perspectives on that as a potential Ward 7 city councillor
3: yeah well I mean clearly investment in downtown is is critically important Um, and I think that the city has made a really great start with the greater downtown plan the 200 million dollars that they've allocated to investment in downtown I think is a great start as well Mm -hmm. so the next questions are now what I would I really hope that we see the city continue to cultivate student campuses downtown. Mm. We have U of C, we have SAIT, we have Bow Valley College downtown. I was told that there are some conversations happening with Olds College about potentially putting a campus in the downtown, which I think would be really exciting. What if we could put student residences downtown? You mm-hmm. would have a captive audience of people <laughs> animating the streets downtown and they'd give you tremendous the students would give you tremendous clarity as to what sort of uh, services would serve that population. Mm-hmm. So I I'd, l- I'd, I'd love to have that conversation. One of the big pieces of feedback that I have gotten from several members of the community is that we don't have enough micro sites downtown. So we have a lot of really big tower floors that are just too big for a small entrepreneur to commit to. Mm -hmm. So I would love to see some subsidized micro sites that would be 500 to 1,000 square feet in size. They'd be a low rent. They would be a short term, so maybe a 6 to 12 month commitment. Mm -hmm. And they could be made available to entrepreneurs, retail, restaurants, restaurants, And the arts community who Mm -hmm. are looking for smaller performance spaces which is also something that we're really lacking Um, and they could go in and they could test pilot ideas and if your if your idea takes flight then you move on and find a more permanent space if it doesn't work out, then you you know you haven't lost your shirt. You've you've invested something, but you're coming out whole as mm-hmm. a person at the other end. I think it would also keep change happening in the downtown. So yeah. it would help to animate the street. It would bring change and start to create that vitality that we're talking about. We cannot say, and and in the the greater downtown plan, there's a, a big call for the arts community to be the thing that revitalizes our downtown. We cannot call on our arts community to do that if we're not supporting them mm-hmm. in the ways that they need to be supported. And and I'm hearing from the arts community that they're not feeling particularly supported right now. Yeah. So that's important.
0: Yeah, no, and it's interesting to, to hear that that's what's being said and that's what's looking for from downtown. And I think students would absolutely benefit from that and sort of play a role in that. I think that's so important. Um, just want to be mindful of our time. I know we're coming up on the hour mark um, and... I will have to say goodbye, but thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Anything to part with, you know, what makes you stand out on the ballot as a Ward 7 candidate for students or for anyone listening as, you know, what they can take away from your message?
3: Yeah, honestly, I I think it's my commitment, my commitment to running early, my commitment Mm -hmm. to outreach in the community, my commitment to engaging with student groups um it's been there from day one it hasn't wavered and it just grows stronger with every conversation Mm. so um i love the time at the doors i love every opportunity to meet and engage with people and even when it's a conversation that's not going great it's a learning opportunity for For sure and that's amazing because you can you can only find a path forward when you understand where people are in real time
0: that's really great to hear thank you for sharing that today with me and with the listeners um if you missed the interview or want to h- listen to it again, you can listen to it on cgsw.com. Thank you so much, Heather, for joining me today. We'll keep in touch and looking forward to, you know, watching the rest of the pain as we get closer to October. Yeah, thanks very much, Marley. This was loads of fun and it went way too fast. I know, it goes by so <laughs> quick every time. I'll part with one more song called Hotel from Claire Rosencrantz. Thank you so much again for listening. Tune in next week. I have Jyoti Gondek on with me, another mayoral candidate, so it will definitely be be one to catch. Thank you everyone for listening.